Hello and uh, welcome to our squad pod. This is uh, the comic crush from Panels to Pictures movie show. Uh, I am Paul, this is Liz. Um, we are both planning to ship ourselves off to an island to get uh, shot to death straight after this podcast. Uh, or maybe not, maybe we won't. Maybe we'll uh, avert the fickle finger of Amanda Waller. Liz, welcome back. It's lovely to see you again. Um, it feels like it's been ages, has it been? It's been yeah, a few been weeks, like, right? Yeah, like two weeks, which is yeah. for a while for us. Yeah, yeah. We haven't done anything in a while. Um, hopefully we're going to get back into like the regular rotation of the comic show any day now, um, or any week now, I think. Um, we've got a bunch of stuff coming up on, on uh, YouTube soon. So next week is our Aliens podcast with myself and Nikki, and then Keith will be doing the Patreon-only section for that. Uh, week after that is the Superman 2 special. Uh, that's me and Keith with Nikki bringing up the the uh, Patreon-only section, um, all of which you can sign on to for like two quid a month. It's just up there in the banner or down there in the, the description. Um, but what we're going to talk about today is The Suicide Squad, as it's called. Uh, not Suicide Squad 2. Um, not Suicide Squad, Suicide Squad on holiday, but The Suicide Squad. <laughs> Um, this is the sequel come soft reboot from, uh, 20, was it 2018? 2016. 2016. God, it's been ages, like five years. I think, between... yeah, 2016, I believe. That's quite rare for a comic book sequel to take that long these days. Um, and is it really a sequel? That's, you know, yes. So inherently that's... part of the question. Um, before we get into that. Uh, I'm just going to give you a quick synopsis, guys. I'm sure you know what it's about already. But the government sends the most dangerous supervillains in the world, Bloodsport, Peacemaker, King Shark, Harley Quinn, and others, to the remote enemy-infused island of Corto Maltes. Armed with high-tech weapons, they trek through the dangerous jungle on a search-and-destroy mission with only Colonel Rick Flagg on the ground to make them behave. That, that's kind of a, a loose... I mean, that that is a skillfully loose description of what actually it tells <laughs> transpired. you as much as you need to know from a synopsis yeah and speaking of as much as you need to know guys we are going to go full spoiler as always so if you have not seen the film switch us off and then go watch the film and then come back um it's a it, well, I, well we'll tell you what the film's like as we go uh, but we are going to spoil it um so you have the option now to get out and, and don't listen to any of that because we don't want to ruin it for you um like the first movie we 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 talked about before, I think did we, did we, we podcast it. that way back in? I'm sure, yeah, yeah okay. I think we did review it. I'll, I'll try and find the link for that and, and yeah, stick it up. But um, it you know a massively disappointing uh film, not necessarily the fault of David Ayer, who recently has been banging the drum to get his opportunity to recut the film the way he wanted. Uh, which Warners that aren't really... I mean, I, I don't blame them for not wanting to do it, considering they had this coming down the pipe, you know? Right. I, I, mean, mean, you've I, got, I, I mean, obviously, there's, like, the power of the, you know, Snyder Cut lot who are, like, you know, now, you know, uh, all over, you know, hashtag release the air cut. <laughs> um, and well, they, who, were, they... who were actually, apparently, uh, like, review bombing this film before it came out. Yeah, which I find a bit... You know, not very gracious, but I get it. I think a lot of those those fans were kind of dismissed as crackpots 
um, when that, that sort of release of the Snyder Cut movement started. And a lot of people dismissed them out of hand simply because they wanted that film, you know, redone. Um, and there's a certain element to that. I mean, look at all the people that want the last two Star Wars movies remade. And it's just like, look, that's no. Um, this is a very different situation, though. I mean, I... I <clears throat> So uh, right. So as we know, James Gunn was fired from Guardians Three, um, fired by Marvel because of some uh, inflammatory tweets he sent many years before. Um, I'm not going to get into the whys and wherefores of that, <laughs> but he was immediately picked up by DC. Now I don't know if you know this. He was actually given the pick of the DC catalog. He was told, what do you want to make? There's the list. You pick You pick the characters you want to do. And he, he says that they were really surprised when he said, oh, I want to do Suicide Squad. That's really interesting. I didn't know that, but I, mm. I love it. I think that's really cool because, you know, obviously they had a pre-existing Suicide Squad film that, you know, they kind of probably just wanted to quietly go away. Um, yeah. Yeah, and I don't blame them. It's not a good movie. Um, there's a great video online, by the way, from Floating Ideas, I believe the channel's called, where he goes into like the the editing of the that Suicide Squad movie and and talks about why that's the biggest problem. Um, because well, once I, I think, yeah, sorry, go there's, on. Yeah, I mean, well, when that film was coming out, it was like it was in the wake of uh, Batman versus Superman. It was in the wake of all this like you know, a lot of complaints from the audience about the grim and gritty nature of, you know, uh, BVS and, you know. <laughs> Not complaining now, though, are they? <laughs> well, no, but but at the time, it was, you know, it was like a legit gripe that they were just these, like, grim, miserable movies. Um, and they wanted to lighten the tone of this, which was already, you know, had already been mostly filmed. And uh, the test audience response to it was that they liked Harley. Uh, so it was like, okay, well, let's let's beef up Harley's role in it. Uh, you know, even though this film's mostly shot, it's basically finished. Go shoot some more scenes with Harley. And then um, another, uh, like, company was brought in to completely re-edit it, um, who I guess specialized in doing trailers. Mm. Um, so really, you know, I think it's fair to say that that wasn't his original vision for that film, no. although whether or not his original vision would have been much better is still up in the air. It's like he, he tends to direct some fairly dour films, David Ayer. Um, you know, yeah, he doesn't he... have the light touch, uh, you know, that no. somebody like J James Gunn can bring to something like this. Even, you know, even when he does go dark, there's still a lot of humor infused in it, you know, as we'll talk about. Um, yeah, and and I, I think it's important to note that that I, I uh, it is, as you said, very dark filmmaker, um, and I think we would have actually got a suicide had he been kind of allowed to do what he wanted to do. We might have got a Suicide Squad that was closer to the Australia Yale eighties run of comics, which is politically very dark and morally very dark. This is a step closer to that as well. However, I, I think this also takes from quite heavily from Rob Williams' run on the comics. Um, I, I've seen him on Twitter talking about that that stuff a lot, uh, which is great. Uh, apparently, it was a very popular run. It was a run that I missed. I don't know if you read that. No. 
Um, I think it might have been the new 52 stuff that Rob did. I want to say it was post 52. Like, it, I think it was right. actually more like, um, you know, within the past like two or three years, really. Like, uh, oh, so, so the rebirth. Yeah. Like, I think right. it was rebirth that he did. Mm. I want to say. Um, and apparently, very well received run. Um, Rob's a really good writer. Uh, so, uh, you know, I can't, I just can't speak to it because I, I sadly, I just have not read it. Um, yeah. Um, so sorry, Rob. <laughs> but, um, yeah. So, I mean, right off the bat, we're in a diff completely different territory than the, the original movie in that we don't have six beginnings. Um, and every character doesn't get introduced twice. They barely get introduced once, which I, I thought was a, a marvelous kind of riposte to that first film. Um, how, how did you feel about the, the, the kind of speed and brevity of it going in? Uh, oh, well, uh, I thought that, you know, I, I went into this film uh, extremely unspoiled. Uh, all yeah, I had seen okay. was like, you know, the trailers and that's it. Um, so really, you know, I, I did not, uh, I, I had no idea how this whole opening sequence was going to unfold. Uh, which made it all the more of a joy to watch as it did. Um, <laughs> um, um, yeah, I, I, I think, uh, you know, you, obviously you're just kind of thrown right into the scenario. Um, you know, they've already explained what the Suicide Squad is in the first film. So if you watched that, you get the gist. And uh, Amanda Waller does it, you know, like very, very quickly um, in uh, explaining it to Savant, I believe, which yeah. is Michael Rooker's character. Uh, who is the first character we meet at the beginning of the film. Um, and, you know, just explains the concept. Okay, this is, you know, the Suicide Squad, you know, you get 10 years off your your life sentence or how, you know, whatever your sentence is, uh, if the mission is successful, uh, if you desert the mission, or if you go off mission, there is an implant uh, in the back of your head that she, you know, can press the button uh, to blow your head off if you do not comply uh so that's you know and that's that's basically what this task force you know task force x or you know the suicide, the suicide squad, squad is um and you know the explosive device in the neck is is a notion i think it comes from i first saw it in escape from new york um I, I don't know if you've seen Escape from New York, but yeah, I think I it, it, yeah. So it turns out to be a dud, like it's not real. Um, I, I think it's meant to be like a uh, like a thing, but here it kind of very much is. It's a thing. <laughs> it's a thing, um, as we see. Um, and of course, what, what was interesting about that, that opening was you are, you're in a plane full of idiots, basically. Um, you have, uh, you know, TDK, uh, which we... the detachable kid is, is as we come to find out. I mean, I loved that introduction to all those characters. You've got yeah. all these like fantastic actors. You've got Nathan Fillion, uh, Michael Rooker, uh, Sean Gunn, uh, uh, Pete Davidson, is it? Pete Davidson, uh, uh, yeah. Jai Courtney, um, like all of these great actors. Uh, who, you know, it was like, oh my God, it's so cool. Like, you know, when, when they announced that casting, I was like, oh my God, wow. Like, you know, like, look at this cast. Like, how mm. are they going to all, you know, fit into this fit. movie? <laughs> they ain't. <laughs> uh, um, 
And, yeah. and also the fantastic thing there there is, if you look at those guys, they are the most annoying. They are the most useless and irritating members of the squad. Um, and, and you get to see that as they go into combat. The detachable kid is particularly oh, in net. Awesome, like, awesome. Just his arms just like going to float off and then just like kind of lightly slap these guys yeah. in the face. Like. Um, uh, just, and, and, and you know, Pete Davidson, um, just an irrit yeah, just an irritation. Uh, yeah, and betrays them all, which I I, I loved um, because it's it's right away they're 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 in the uh, they're neck deep in the crap. And um, the ones I really felt sorry for, of course, are Harley and and Flag, because um, Flag's like the diehard patriot who actually believes in what he's doing, um, and, and was ready to do the mission. Harley, you know, we, we've come, he's kind of grown on us from the first woman from, from Birds of Prey. Um, and yet they're the ones that they kind of, you think they're going to end up dead. I I actually really like that beginning because it, it sets the tone for what the Suicide Squad should be. And and if you read, like particularly in Ostrander's run, I don't know if it's present in the rest of the runs, but they, they do take out some memorable characters. And, you know, they are willing to to kind of just lop off. I mean, it, it's not the same as kind of, you know, sending out the big league characters and, and right. knocking them off. Right. But they they take them out, you know. Yeah, they do I mean, their like, fair this share. Was, this was like, you know, I I thought this was like the perfect beginning to this film. I think, you know, yeah. if, I had to, if I had to single out a thing I liked the most about this film, I want to say it's that whole opening sequence where all these characters who you think are going to play a, big part in the film just get blown away like uh within i would say five to ten minutes of you know mm. of the beginning of the film um you know i loved it it was like it was a complete like you know flip from what what i was expecting but but it perfectly you know kind of sums up what this yeah. film is about it's like these guys are all expendable don't get attached mm. um because at any moment, you know, these characters, whether you've grown to like them, uh, regardless of how you feel about them, uh, could get blown away at any moment. And that actually, you know, that that carries through right to the end of the film. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's great that they they kind of do that. And, and then, you know, we're introduced to, to a new squad. Um, Idris Elba's Bloodsport, who's not, not a character. And, and the good thing I liked about this was I, I hardly knew any of these characters from... From comics, They're I mean, like I was, all I was pretty, yeah, pretty like C and D list characters. Um, I mean, Polka Dot Man, I was vaguely aware of because I think he he started out as a Batman villain. Um, and of course, Ratcatcher 2. Now, I, I, I'm very aware of Ratcatcher 1 because you know, all the 80s detective comic stuff he, he features in that. Um, and and Danielle Medshaw was. Was wonderful. I thought in that. Yeah, I, I thought that surreal. was like you know what a great character. Um, yeah. you know, like, and I love that it's Ratcatcher too. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, that just kind of it emphasizes how D-list she is. You know, <laughs> and um, you know, Polka Dot Man is is just another, you know, entire almost entirely useless character. It seems you've got Peacemaker, who who actually is a hero in the comics. He he isn't a villain. Um, we should we should probably state that. I haven't read too many. Funnily enough, I have got a Peacemaker short story in 
I think Showcase 93 or Showcase 94 that I'm going to try and read if I get some time after this to just to kind of get, get some background. On, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it's worth noting that his helmet in the uh, <laughs> in the comics is enormous. Oh, wow. Yeah. Not it's, comics accurate. He's yeah, he's it, but he's like an entirely like I, I, you know, looking at the comics back then from the nineties, it's like I had no idea. I think he's originally a Charlton character that kind of got ported over with Captain Atom right. and Blue Beetle and all those guys. Um, you know, and we have uh, um, Harley, of course, still alive on the island. Bloodsport, I thought, was an interesting one. I loved Idris Elba in this. I he, he was great. great. He was great. And you know what I thought was kind of interesting about him is that, uh, in a way, it's like almost like an upgrade or a do-over of uh, what they tried to do with uh, Will Smith. Yeah. Uh, you know, in the first Suicide Squad movie. Because, you know, the motivation is his daughter. Um, you know, he's kind of the if you want to call one of them, you know, sort of moral uh, or as close yeah. to moral as it's going to get, it's him. Uh, and he's, the, you know, kind of a leader. And a lot of that really echoes what they kind of tried to do with, with Will Smith in the first movie. But I think it's just done so much better here. And I'm not mm. like knocking Will Smith's performance. I think that his role was just really thin in that. that yeah. Previous well, I, I think a lot of the guys were underserved by the edit and in that, that original movie. Um, my personal favorite here was uh, Nanawe. Yeah. I mean, just, just what a superb use of, of Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. And Sylvester Stallone. Yeah. Um, which is, is great because it's, it's like now Stallone, I don't know if you've ever read interviews with Stallone, but or seen interviews with him. I, I, I would always bang a drum for Sylvester Sloan because I, I just fucking love the guy. I, I yeah. think he's a really good actor. Uh, unfortunately, he's a really good actor who doesn't often get the chance to stretch. Um, you know, we're a long way from Copland and Rocky and, and, you know. But I think when he does good roles, he does them really well. Yeah. He's also a very, very intelligent guy. Um. You know, he's a writer, he's a director. Like, he, he he has done stuff, and he can do really intelligent stuff. However, what this the film gives you is the... Monosyllabic, sort of, you know. Yeah, the dumb version of right. Sylvester Sloan. And I I just, I loved every minute that King Shark was on screen. Oh, yeah, just I mean, it was, it was great. utterly superb. Great. It was, and you know what it, you know, obviously, uh, you know immediately went to my mind that it parallels uh is Groot. Yeah. Um, you know, sure. it's it's like, you I know, mean, if if uh if Groot had like, you know, maybe just like a tiny bit more like, you know, uh vocabulary, he'd be King Shark. <laughs> and and also like I think that was that was something they were quite open with. They they wanted to kind of a, a Groot type of, of feel. Um, you know, um, Gunn is a director who likes working with visual effects. He, he his films are very bloody and very squashy and very kind of gungy, and he he likes creatures. And I, I just, I absolutely adore this. And you know, you totally buy it. Like that's that's the thing. You absolutely buy it, and you kind of need. I think you almost need characters like Weasel and King Shark to be able to buy 
um, Starro, you know? Right. You do. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, and actually, you know, I did, I knew I knew Sean Gunn was going to be in the film somewhere, yeah. but I didn't I it, it took me, you know, until I looked it up to confirm that it was Weasel. I was like, I bet it's Weasel because I don't yeah. recognize him anywhere. But like he's always in. And I think Gunn's he has. Film. Yeah, he has a, 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 a no makeup um Blink and you'll miss it cameo. I think in one of the prison scenes as well. He's, okay. he's kind of one of the background prisoners. Um, he like uh, King Shark. I can't remember the guy who plays King Shark physically. It's not Stallone. It's I think it's. Like Stallone. I want to say Steve Agee or something like that. Yes. I can't remember. Yeah, Kevin Agee maybe. Maybe Steve uh, yeah, Agee. I, 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 right. I, I don't know. I could be. Uh, wrong. Sorry for not. You know. Yeah, not we'll we'll double um, fact check that. Somebody can correct us. Um, but like I, I I like the physicality of it and and the movement and and, and all that stuff and I I think that was played just right in terms of the the kind of lumbering idiocy of it all um and, and then you have you know peacemaker john cena I, I john cena is not an actor that i gravitate towards i yeah i i would say the same uh in previous previous roles yeah. however in this i thought <laughs> you could not have cast any better than John sure. Cena as the peacemaker. I honestly, you know, he had me dying at like, you know, just like cracking up constantly through the film, like this sort of straight man, like, you know, um, like sort of Captain America without the morals, uh, you know, thing going on. I, I, um, what, what, what's the, the great quote? I, I love peace and I don't care how many men, women and children I have to kill <laughs> together. And, and what's really scary about that is he adds children at the end, and it's just like, I what? <laughs> what? I, yeah. <laughs> um, I, I, like, I, I kind of, I really like that. I liked how savage the film got. Um, uh, yeah, and I liked, I liked the rivalry between him and Bloodsport. Yeah, you know, that goes. That's that's kind of a running joke through the film. Like, oh well, my bullet would, like, you know, yeah. would go straight through your bullet, which you know ends up paying off. Uh, you know near the end. Right, at the end, yeah. And, and also, Bloodsport's an interesting character because I, I know nothing about him from the comics, and, as with a lot of these guys. Um, apparently, he can reach into other dimensions and pull out any weapon he wants, which, of course, for some reason, they felt that was too stupid for this movie. Um, I, think, I think it would be too much of... Yeah. I think it, it would be too convenient. Yeah, um, and, you know, for the sake of the film, I think they they wanted to make them have to be scrappy and have to, you know, kind of because if if he's just always, um, you know, in possession of a weapon, I think it becomes, you know, maybe, uh, actually more, you know, difficult to get him into scrapes in the film, you know. Sure, and I, I kind of totally brought within the context of the film the sort of Iron Man esque tech of his suit. And I loved the the skull helmet. I, I just thought that was incredible. And it gave me one of my my favorite moments, which is uh, the poor guy in the van at the checkpoint when they uh, they show up to meet Milton, and he turns around and there's just that horrible skull looking at him, and he just goes, "Are you Milton?" <laughs> I just, I like, like yeah, Milton, Milton, that yeah. Milton thing. Ended up just being the, really funny. Yeah, and the the just the incongruity of it of of him 
running around swearing all the time, uh, which is it, it kind of it's, it's like me on every, any average day, which is exactly what I'm like, which is just looking at things going and, you know, obviously apologise for language, folks. Oh, for fuck's sake. <laughs> Everything. That is, it's just like, I love this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, and... You know, I think I think we have to comment on how R-rated this movie was. Yeah, it's not and for kids. It's not, and it's uh, it's you know, I was I was surprised uh by the you know by the level of uh you know of swearing, mm. um you know of uh obviously of of violence. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I I thought that it would be you know because obviously you know when you look at like Guardians, for example. Um, it's, you know, it's a Disney movie at the end of the day. Uh, you know, it's, there, there is no like blood and guts. You kind of forget that James Gunn comes from a background of doing trauma, you know, trauma films and horror movies. Uh, and that he actually, you know, has this catalog that's full of like all this, like kind of violent, gross out, you know, um, horror. Uh, I've still, I've still never watched Slither because I've got a feeling I would just find it a bit pukey and, uh, <laughs> you know. Um, but he, d- but he I, does that stuff really well. He does, he does the, you know, sort of over the top violence that you know I think fits really well with a film like this. And and it's very much akin to. I found it, it was very, the film was very much akin to Super, right? Um, like. Which is James Gunn, yeah. Yeah, and looking at at sort of like the polka dot man, you can draw a, a very short, very straight line from uh, um, super super yeah. to 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 this. Uh, so I absolutely loved it. Um, I mean, the it, it does get ludicrous. It does get insane. I mean, there, there is a giant cosmic villain at the, the centre of it, which is Starro the Conqueror, which, yeah, you know, is a character who's kind of troubled the Justice League uh, many a time. and, and Since features like the in, 60s, I want to say. He's yeah. And he's, he's he, he pops up, in, in of course, in Grant Morrison's JLA run. Mm-hmm. Um, and the interesting thing about that is it, it, it is a huge, once again, a huge kind of villain for them to face off against. If you go into the Suicide Squad comics run, especially the Australia Yale stuff, w- what they face are terrorist groups and political kind of dissidents, uh, white is, supremacists. You know. you know, they they're kind of very much low key. Uh, you, you know, Task Force X. That's the, the other thing that got me was at one point you see Task Force X on the news, and they call it Task Force X. Um, like part of the whole plot of the Suicide Squad comics is that they they They're stay secret. secret. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and that no one no one kind of blows their cover. And in fact, one of the big plot lines that I'm just kind of finishing off now because I've just kind of started Volume Four is the fact that someone is is threatened Waller with I'm going to expose the Suicide Squad unless you get my candidate into the White House or you know get him on into Congress. And it's fascinating stuff. I, I I think there's probably room somewhere along the line for a properly kind of politically based Suicide Squad series uh, in, you know, TV series. 
But it, it's interesting that again we're we're facing a giant monster. A giant monster. You know. But prior to that, prior to the giant monster, it it is kind of what you were describing, which yeah. is you know political sort of uh, shenanigans. You know, shenanigans, yeah. Uh, and but very thinly so. I mean, it was like that is one thing where you know if I was gonna lodge a complaint. Uh, and it's a pretty minor gripe, but if I was going to dock points for something, uh, it is that, like, there was no really strong central villain. It was more of a, like, just a, a bunch of face, you know, like, sort of mm. generic soldiers for them to blow away uh, in spectacular fashion throughout the film. You kind of forget what the political yeah. conflict was a lot of the time. You know, it's it's very, you know, there, there's... Uh, even Starro as the villain, you know, he's not really much of a villain. You know, at the end, you find out that he was actually, you know, captive and, you know, was really kind of a victim uh, of the situation himself. So, uh, so there's, you know, uh, that that would be a, a minor gripe of mine. Uh, you know, okay. kind of thin on the, yeah, on the I, I get, bad guy I, front. I, I think it's interesting because, I, in a way, a lot of the central villain role moves to Waller. Right. Um, Who is like just so fantastic. I could have watched, uh, you know, a whole movie about her. Like she, yeah. uh, she's so formidable in this role. She was one of the things that I actually really loved about the first movie. Yeah. Um, you know, the, th the things that I, you know, I really wanted them to import from the first film um, are the characters who they did actually bring with them, which is Harley, uh, you know, who I thought was fantastic in the first one. Uh, and even more fantastic here, and Waller and Rick Flag, um, but it, I, like Viola Davis is just like yeah. the, the perfect person to. It, it's play interesting Amanda because they, they, sorry, yeah, they they made her look more like the Waller of the comics here because she's she's heavier, which she wasn't. I don't remember her being in. I, I remember her being quite sleek and and in the first film, um, and here, like she seems to have sort of gained weight for the role and 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 kind of. She looks closer to the Waller of who you know he's a big heavyset right. woman in in the in the eighties uh, comics. They've since yeah. like turned her into some you know little skinny woman, um, which yeah, I found well, she... really I found really annoying to be honest. I think that was like new fifty two development. Uh, yeah. and I was like, why Wait. why can't we have one larger woman? You know, in the DCU, I, I don't know. My feeling was that she they made her look more like. Viola Davis in the original movie. No, I like um, she's to be honest, like you know, I mean Viola Davis in the original movie was not skinny skinny. She, you know, she's she's not she's never been a, a tiny little right. woman. Um, um like I, I I I think she's a great character. And it's interesting that even one element they pull over from the comics is the fact that even her staff, the people that work with her, are like, you're nuts. Like the stuff you're asking these guys to do, and what you're willing to do to get them to do it is is horrible. Because she, you know, we have uh, the the John Economist character, who from um, in the comics is the, the sort of warden of Bell Reeve, the nominal warden, even though it's Waller that runs it. Um, apparently, he's going to be popping up in the Peace Peacemaker TV series along with uh, the blonde lady whose name I can't remember now. Um, but they're going to be like the central kind of figures, uh, along yeah. with John Cena in in the peace peacemaker um, 
TV show. Um, and it, it's interesting to see their reaction to her because she is, you know. She is she like just, stone yeah. cold, ruthless, yeah. you know. There's a very interesting backstory with Waller as well. Like if you ever, like it's worth digging into because it's in the early comics about how she got to be the way she was and how she she kind of acquired that that sort of power and stuff and it's 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 good stuff i mean i won't reveal it here because i, I really love if people went out and picked up that first suicide squad trade that's become available trial by fire um dc have kind of let let the side down i feel with this by not bringing out an omnibus or republishing some all new the printing yeah yeah because yeah, that ostrander run is like is what you know all these guys are basing their love for the suicide squad on you know i mean yeah. that is uh you know it was really different uh you know to you know everything else that was coming out at the time and it remains so you know mm. um I, and i i almost wonder if that would be too dark for a comic book movie um because like it's grim stuff it is really grim stuff um you know and and uh as much as we can laugh at Captain Boomerang getting blown away in this version, he really is a scumbag in the the comics. You know, he's a he's a racist, sexist pig, um, and he, he in fact constantly becomes the guy they are trying to get killed. They 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 will constantly put him in the line of fire to try and get him bumped off, and, and the tragedy of it is he, he never does. He, he, you know, he continues to, to operate. And um, there's some fascinating stuff there. However, I'm not sure in today's climate you could portray some of that stuff. Because, you know, I think, unfortunately, today's audience would read it as a wholesale kind of buying into to that character's viewpoint, which, you know, I, I don't believe watching a piece of art or reading a book or whatever is. Uh, I think you can do that without... Kind of, you know, no, no one wants a racist, sexist character running around, and I think that's the whole point of that. Him in the the comics is like no one wants him there. Everyone hates him. Um, but it is a marvelously vindictive, horrible character to watch, and um, you know, Deadshot as well. Dead Deadshot is a very, very, very dark character in the comics. I would have loved to have seen that. However, we get this, which is the sort of not light but lighter version. Um, I'm, I'm I struggle to think what my gripes about the film would be. I think that the fact that it kind of almost didn't stay a political thriller was kind of annoying for me. However, I did still love all the end stuff. Right. Um, I, you know, I genuinely think, I think it was fascinating the way they kept diving into the past of these characters to give you their origins, which was an interesting move. Um, there was a, I, I bumped into this this film critic. Uh, I was introduced to a film critic yesterday. Um, I was having coffee with a friend of mine and, and um, he was saying that uh, Warner's put, like, Kept saying, to, he, he was like, uh, well, who dies and who lives in the film? And they're like, oh, we're not going to tell you, but um, you should probably interview uh, Daniela Melchor. And he, his attitude was, who's, who's Daniela Melchor? Like, <laughs> like, 
Why wow, are you making yeah. the interview these people? Like, but they wouldn't quite tell him who was going to make it through. Um, right. Like, would you would you watch another movie with these characters? Do you think? Oh yeah, absolutely. I really, you know, I think one of the things that James Gunn does really well uh, is endear you to his characters, whether they're you know uh, mm. inherently kind of unlikable or not. Um, you know, I think he always finds a way to you know kind of make you like them despite whatever they are um you know he did it in guardians with you know michael Rooker's character there um you know and all the you know all, all, all the cast i mean you know the first guardians movie if you you know remember the you know really great trailer for that you know just it's like you're they're all a bunch of a-holes um and so are these characters and you still really like them mm. uh or at least i did you know i, yeah. I you know right i mean even even peacemaker you know, who turns out to like betray all of them. I'm like, still, you know, I, I was still kind of like, oh, I don't want him to die. Like, you know, um, all that. Well, you know, it, it uh, we, we've got the series coming. So he's clearly still, I missed the sting at the end. Uh, oh, did you, you stay? You didn't yeah. Say? Well, because it had been a, I had a terrible experience watching this film um, because the cinema I went to see it, Cineworld, hello, you're rubbish. Um, did a, a terrible job of presenting the film. They left the lights on for the beginning of the movie. Uh, the sound was way lower than it would. The film was matted incorrectly into the project. So, like, I, I, I don't know. There were so many problems watching the movie um, that I just wanted to get out there in the end. Um, so, unfortunately, I only caught the first credit sting of, right. with the weasel but my understanding is that uh peacemaker is is actually alive yeah not necessarily well but he's alive um right. did that come as a surprise to you were you, were you well they kind of the way that? they yeah the way the stinger kind of plays out is that they almost kind of like trick you into thinking that it's going to be rick flag who was rescued but then you discover that it's actually peacemaker like you mm. know they're like oh we you know we can't believe he survived the damage to his heart and you know, and then they go to the bed and it's, you know, it's Peacemaker, not Rick Flag. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, I, yeah. And speaking of which, I was bummed about Rick Flag. Yeah. I mean, you know, that, that was, uh, you know, that was a bummer. But, um, and, and, you know, not all the characters that we spent the movie with uh, made it through. Um, no. And, you know, that is like very in keeping with, you know, with the expendable nature of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. So, you know, the polka dot man, another great character that I was just like, oh, you know, I am going to be bummed to not see him in the next film that surely will come out eventually. But I'm glad King Shark made it out. King Shark made it out. King Shark made it out. I was surprised. I was I was actually kind of like, you know, polka dot man. I kind of thought he was, you know, he, I, he felt like his head was going to be on the chopping block. But Rick Flagg, yeah. I was actually pretty surprised that they, you know, that he I is out of the picture mm, me too i mean I, I was shocked that they did a film where someone's mummy issues become an important part of the the movie like i i, I was really kind of the, the way they carried that joke through polka dot man was very surprising to me um i i'm disappointed that he won't be back david das das I think his name is, I can't pronounce his name properly, I'm very sorry, um, is a terrific actor who's been very quietly doing these really cool, good, interesting roles for years. And in fact, now writes comics. 
yes. So he's had a comic out, I believe, called Count Crowley, which was quite successful from Dark Horse in late 2019, early 2020, oh. and apparently is getting a second series. Um, he, he is actually a big comic book fan, by by all accounts. Um, he was in he, uh, which which was he in Dark Knight Returns or, uh, Dark, or, or Knight. not or Dark Knight rather? Sorry. Yeah. Um, I knew he was in one of the Nolan Batman films. I couldn't quite remember off the top of my head. And, and of course, Ant Man, where he plays. Yeah. You know, uh, he like I, I was reading a little bit about him when he got that role. He he said like literally he was down to it, him and his wife, and he had a child as well. So they were down to like four hundred dollars. That's all they, all the money they had left in the world, which seems, you know, I, if I had 400 quid right now, I'd be more than happy. But, like, he, he was like, this is all I've got to survive on. Like, the acting's not working out. You know, he'd done the Dark Knight role, but it'd been, I think it had been a long while since he'd done a role since. Um, and then the, that day you got Ant-Man. Wow. So he, he was at a super low point, and he, oh, he said in that nice. day his agent called with the news that he got Ant-Man. And, and you know... Um, that's that. That's always nice to hear. I think he's a terrific actor. Yeah, he's like you know. I mean, uh, like a great character actor. He's one of those guys who you know you kind of recognize, but you're not sure where you know him from. But yeah. You just look at him. It's like a. I mean, he looks a bit. You know, like physically in this, um, he reminded me of uh, you know the penguin from Gotham. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. Like the way yeah. they styled him and everything. You know. Um, um, I'm sure it wasn't intentional, but. Like his his dialogue and and the way he plays that, especially with, with Daniela Mature, uh, you know, I can't think there, there wasn't really a cast member where I looked at and thought, oh, I don't like the way you're doing this. Like they I don't, were all like, great; yeah. they gelled really well, and I think that's another thing that James Gunn excels at is like mm. taking these kind of you know this band of misfits and uh, and you know creating a really great you know chemistry with them. Yeah. And the film is full of of irreverence and almost unnecessary flush flourishes, but when you put them all together, they all work to create a whole. Completely, which is, yeah. I mean, and there were some weird moments too, like you know that that like on paper shouldn't have worked, but in practice, like you know the uh, that scene with Harley where all of a sudden uh, all the blood starts becoming flowers. Yeah, um, and but little birds and butterflies, which yeah, you know, um, which is so Harley Quinn, you know, and uh, and, and also the the entirely inane and almost pointless stuff of King Shark and the little suckerfish. Yeah, like there's there's zero point to that scene, really. Except it was really great to watch. It was like, yeah. what, you know, it was just a really lovely little moment. And then, of course, when he's in the water with them, he's like friends, and then they yeah. all attack him. <laughs> <laughs> And of course, I, I, I like. I absolutely adored the moment at the end where he's he's pointing at all the bodies of the soldiers, going "nom nom." <laughs> he's hungry again. Um, a man after my own heart, really. Uh, oh, I'm always hungry. One of my favorite moments um, with King Shark was very, fairly early into the film when he's just joined the group, and uh, you know they're all kind of it's this quiet, you know, moment. It's like nighttime, and they're all going to sleep, and Rat Catcher's like, you know, just uh, you know, like completely asleep halfway into his mouth mm. and, and you know it's yeah it, it's just a wonderful kind of 
it has all the right flaws to make up a good film in a way, I think. But I, I guess the difference is here, they're manufactured flaws. So I don't think they're thing, things that a lot of those guys came to necessarily accidentally. Um, my understanding is that John Cena started off playing uh, Peacemaker as, you, you know, a bit like Ali Ermery in Full Metal Jacket. Do you know the guy I mean? The drill yeah, sergeant? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he started off playing it that way, and, and apparently they had to pull him aside and go, no, 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 look, this guy is like a bro, bro-y douchebag. That's what you've got to go for. And he kind of switched up and, and, and played it like that, which I think is, and without, I'm not making an insult to, to Cena here, because uh, I don't like to insult much bigger men. Um, <laughs> he's... Um, he like I think that's more akin to his natural kind of personality. Like he is a bit of a. I mean, I've never he's a bit of a bro, you know. Right. I've um, never watched an interview with him. I have no idea he's, what he's like as a person. No, he's, he not, seems like a lovely like, guy. I'm not. In I'm not. The role, like I think he does. Where, you know, he he kind of just had that perfect, you know, balance of of everything needed mm. to make that character what he was. You know, and, um, and Idris Elba was was marvelous. Like I absolutely loved his disgruntled kind of. Because it's, you know, he's a 50-year-old man having to put up with a bunch of idiots. And, you know, and they are a bunch of idiots, idiots and weirdos. And he, he just can't, you know, stand the fact that this is where he is. Obviously, we do have to give mention to, to Peter Capaldi as well as the thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I think he did his role wonderfully. Like his kind of morbid curiosity about everything was... Was kind of really great. Um, I mean, there's just so many yeah. like, great actors in this film. Like, as the more we talk about it, I'm like, oh yeah, and yeah, it's like you know, um, like the cast was just like really, really terrific. Like top yeah. notch. Uh, and in yeah, fact, the, all these great. Yeah, like and and you know, like the polka dot man, he's having to walk around the film with these ridiculous things glued to his head. Um, and of course, the 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 kind of dictator, um, El Presidente, is is kind of usually the sort of sex pot guy that your wife has an affair with in a lot of other movies. I can't remember his name now, the actor, but he's done a lot of those sort of movies where he's the other other man, you know. Um, and of this, course, this is the guy who proposes to Harley. Or? Yeah, which yeah. again was great, and the whole red flag thing was was wonderful. Was, was great. Was great. Yeah. You know, I, I love that. You know, like because uh, it references you know things that we know about her, but you don't need to have seen you know yeah. Birds of Prey or the first Suicide Squad movie to uh, to get. Uh, what's going and on. you you do kind of get that sense that being with Cassie Kane might have actually influenced that decision. Do you know what I mean? Like. Where she's very kind of yeah, actually, you talking about murdering children is is not is not right. going to kind of roll with me. Um, and in fact, the guy, the the general, the the sort of evil general is, um, I think, the guy from um, the James Bond movie Quantum of Solace, where he also plays the evil South American general. <laughs> <laughs> so, I still never uh, <laughs> seen Quantum of Solace, so you know. Uh, uh, but yeah, like it, 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 
just a terrific, terrific movie. I'm not sure if I've got any real gripes, you know? You, I mean, I, I, I've already told you my minor yeah. one. Um, and it's pretty minor. I, you know, and I think that, I think for me, like this has got to be uh, now in my ranking of DC films, probably got to be number one uh, in terms of like, you know, the DCEU onward. Yeah. Obviously not, not, yeah, not counting the, you know, Nolan Batman films. I'm talking yeah. sort of Man of Steel onward. Of course, Liz, let's not go crazy. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I mean, you know, <laughs> we're not going to go there. But uh, but I think it just was everything it needed to be. I think, yeah. you know, and I I love um, that they just kind of went there all the time. Like, you know, places that I didn't think they would go. Um, I think it's it's really smart that they now have this franchise where they can do like what Deadpool did so successfully, you know, um, probably right around the same time. Sure. I think the first Deadpool was like, you know, probably right around 2015, 2016. Mm. Uh, and it's like that kind of came out of nowhere in terms of being able to do things that like, you know, the proper Marvel Disney couldn't do and the DCEU at the time wouldn't do. Um, so where, you know, just the, a reverend over the top violence, like, you know, where we see King shark literally rip a guy in half and, you know, just blood and viscera everywhere. And, and that sort of thing, um, you know, like, but also with a sense of humor and a sense of tongue in cheek. Um, and so I think, you know, I think it's really smart that now DC have, you know, kind of an equivalent to that. That's, you know, that, that mm. kind of, you know, isn't, is, is violent, but isn't in a nasty way I, really. Yeah. I mean, I think we're going to get now from DC, you know, they're going to have their sort of comedy strand, which will be Harley, Shazam, that, you know, Suicide, Suicide Squad, Squad, that sort of yeah. stuff. And I think that, that what's going to happen is there'll also be the, the serious strand, which will be, you know, the Batman, uh, Wonder Woman. Although well, I, think the, uh, I think Wonder Woman 84 trod both kind of quite well um did you get to see that in the end i, I never yeah, yeah, i don't yeah, know yeah. we ever talked mm -hmm. about it yeah um because nikki had some very particular feelings on wonder woman 84 <laughs> so, well maybe yeah maybe, just, I, yeah. <laughs> I, maybe i'll watch you guys's uh pod on it which i didn't do at the time because i hadn't seen the film yet but um i'd be curious to um, see what her her thoughts were you know but uh yeah, I, I think I, I think the movies are getting better. I think, like Marvel, or in fact, they did it slightly ahead of Marvel. What they're trying to embrace is the multiversal nature of comics, um, which is another subject for us to kind of discuss at some point. Um, I, I really want to do an article on this for the website because I, I think there's a there's a lot to be mined and talked about there, um, and I, I think they're going to just move in whatever direction they want to move in that is the thing with like dc like you know the mm. dc movies because they kind of flopped in the uh shared universe department uh you know kind of at least you know with uh with their justice league you know their attempts at a justice league film mm. uh when it was actually coming out and you know donna justice and all that um i think in a way it's freed them up because they are not adhering to, you know, kind of the shared universe concept in the same way as Marvel do. Yeah. So in a way, it's like they, they've got a bit more freedom and a bit more room to just try different things. Whereas Marvel have a feel and a formula that they kind of have to adhere to to some degree or other. Um, and, you know, we've got the Flash 
Flashpoint, I guess it's Flashpoint that's going to be out soon. Like it, it's filming now. There's been plenty of behind-the-scenes stuff on that. We've seen the bat bike, and which looks like a tank on two wheels. I mean, I don't know if you've seen any of these shots. Uh, um, actually, yeah, of it some of them. Herring around uh, London and things, or or wherever it is they're filming. I know they're filming in the UK, but um, so I'll be. I mean, I'll be curious to see if you know. By all accounts, that's going to be Michael Keaton. Um, uh, like I, I don't know. I mean, interesting it, times ahead, you know. Yeah, like, I always um, want, I always want the DC movies to be good, and sometimes they are, and sometimes yeah. they aren't. But, uh, but you know, this movie I thought was very good. I really liked it. Mm. Um, I, you know, I, I think it was I, just so. what was needed. You know, uh, yeah, for, for for very, very much. But of course, what I don't want to see now is a bunch of movies that are always course correcting. You know, because you, you want it to kind of settle into just good films. Um, worth noting that out right now for Suicide Squad fans is the DC Black Label Suicide Squad Get Joker comic. Issue one is out now. Uh, I'm hoping to get a review done for that on the site as soon as I've read it. I haven't had time to read it yet. Uh, I picked it up, though. I love the Black Label stuff. Um, and, of course, pick up Suicide Squad Trial by Fire if you can. That is well worth reading. Um, if you can track down the rest of the volumes, there are, uh, I've got them on the shelf here. There are seven more volumes after that. Um, do track those down. Uh, again, I'll try and get an article done on the site about those because there's some fascinating, dark, interesting stuff. Liz, anything else to add to this? Um, I, you know, just, just what a joy it was to watch it. You know, I, I look yeah. forward to watching it again. Um, you know, because it was, it was so much fun. I feel like I could walk, you know, I almost could have walked out and then watched it again right away. Um, and, uh, and I, you know, I, I always want to root for James Gunn. You know, I feel like, uh, you know, all that whole saga, um, you know, obviously wound up being kind of a blessing in disguise because, you know, if Marvel hadn't fired him, uh, we wouldn't have this movie. Yeah. Um, and he's sort of gotten to have his cake and eat it too. Um, because we, we now know we're going to get a Guardians 3. They've been, re, you know, he's been rehired by Marvel. And so he seems to kind of be one of the people to um, actually manage to come out of one of these, like, you know, sort of uh, scandals, if you want to call it that, unscathed. And, you know, mm. I think that's great because I really like his films. I really like him as a writer and a director. Um, fun fact, uh, did you know that uh, back at Marvel, um he had wanted to do before this, you know, Suicide Squad came around. Um, he had been sort of pitching to do a Thunderbolts movie. Really? The Thunderbolts being kind of an equivalent in a way to the Suicide Squad, like, you know, group yeah. of bad guys, um, you know, I... uh, which, which it sounds like, you know, is is probably coming to fruition at Marvel. But uh, but James Gunn has now said, oh, well, I've scratched that itch. Yeah. Suicide Squad. So I, it's not going to I... be him. Personally, I don't think we'll see another James Gunn Marvel movie after Guardians 3 and the Holiday Special. I, I think that's going to be it. Um, I, I, I think probably the experience that he went through is, you know, probably done for him. And, he, and you know, now I, I would hope that what he's going to do is cash in some of his chips on on something that he wants to do. Um, it'll be interesting to see what that is. 
Totally. You know, so, so, I mean, I'm sure he wants to do all these films, but I mean, something that, he, you know, maybe a passion project. Or, right. He like, you know, he, um, he always writes his own scripts um, and, you know, he, he likes doing weird stuff. We know, you know, things like Slither, things like Super, you know, it's like, um, you know, I think he's now got the cachet to go do whatever he wants. Mm. Yeah, totally. Um, my final thoughts on the movie are that I think ultimately it is a film about the idea of rehabilitation versus punishment, um, which I know is quite a weighty thing to put in a film. I, I, I think it's there, though. Um, I, I think it's definitely in the bones of the film. Um, I, I think, yeah, there are lots of ways to tackle that. They could have tackled it more seriously. Luckily, they didn't. I think if it had been a more serious film, it, we wouldn't have enjoyed the experience as much. Um, I think there is room for serious comic book movies, and that is to say things that tackle weighty adult themes. You've seen it in Nolan's Dark Knight films and tackle them in a... I mean, I don't know how to describe it, a, a fun, interesting manner, but I, I don't know. Can you get that much irreverence in if you're tackling certain themes? I think James Gunn kind of can, and he's done really well with that. Um, uh, yeah, so it, it's all open from here, so we'll see where it goes. It's theirs to cock up. They'll probably cock it up. <laughs> it does, it does okay. seem... I think Marvel are very good at playing the long game and planning out two or three or four or five years ahead, uh, which they seem to be doing here. So, um, yeah, fascinating to see what's next. Guys, thank you so much for watching. Liz, thank you so much for um, coming back this week and doing this. It's always fun to talk about these movies. I'm glad we could talk about something from DC for a change. I know, yeah. All, we, all we talk about is Marvel. <laughs> I know, huh? Yeah, it's, it has. It has really been a while since we uh, since we did it, you know. Um, and I think that, you know, we, we can hopefully open the door up to uh, some of the other adaptations, you know, neither DC nor Marvel. Yeah, um, you know, absolutely. Along the pike, so. Um, yeah, Do, guys, if there's anything you want us to tackle, Hit us up in the comments. We'd love to hear from you. Um, got some comments about this, about the show, about uh, our views on the show. Want to tell us your views on the show? I would love to hear from you. Please put your comments in the box below, and we will reply to everything. Um, I, I, I promise you we'll, we'll get back to you. Uh, thanks very much for watching this. Do check out the Patreon on, and the web store. There's some great stuff, great DC comics at the moment in the web store. Um, yeah, we'll catch you next time on The Crush. Goodbye. Bye.